If you've got a Bible with you, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And I'll be reading from verse 16. We're going to talk today about the fruit of the Spirit and how to turn your productivity, uh, excuse me, your potential into productivity. That God wants to make you a fruitful purpose person. Did you know that fruitfulness is your destiny? That actually you were meant to be a fruitful person. Maybe you will never be famous. Maybe you might not have all the wealth that maybe you might dream of, but God does want you to be fruitful and effective and productive for him, for his kingdom, and for your own personhood. Let's read from verse 16 in Galatians chapter 5, shall we? And we want to get into this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The flesh is a self-orientation. It's, it's that the, the self rules you. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Have you ever said that at work or in your family? You can't do whatever you want. That's because sometimes the self-orientation takes over. I don't know whether you know a selfish person. They're in conflict with each other. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and the envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, for those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What an incredible list that is. But aren't you glad in the Bible there's that little word, but? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Reading that list is like taking a drink of cold water on a hot day. This is what God wants for you. This is his dream for you, that you become like this. What an amazing thing. Against all such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Going into chapter 6, brothers and sisters, if someone's caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves so that you don't be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. What an amazing passage of Scripture that we can learn from today. Let's talk about spiritual fruit and life progress. Has anybody ever said to you, you've got potential? Has anybody said that to you? Uh, at first, it can sound like a compliment, can't it? But it depends on how they mean it. 
You've got potential. Are they really saying that you are unfinished and there's a lot more work in you to do? Is that what people are really saying when they say, you've got potential? Are they saying, well, actually, there's so much more that you could do? Or are they saying that given a lot of help, given the right help, you could achieve a lot? That's usually what people mean by it. Potential could be for something good or it can be something bad. It can be potentially, if you don't work hard, something bad could go wrong, or it can be for something good. You know, the older you get as a person, the less you want to hear this. You've got potential. You know, by now, I hope I've got something more than potential and some things have worked out. Anybody with me? You know, please don't turn to your neighbor. You know, I usually do that. Please don't turn to your neighbor and say, you've got potential. In fact, the very last thing that I want on my gravestone is, he had potential. The statement, you have potential, means that something needs to happen so that the best of you can come out. Now, I want to teach you something really important today. You've heard a lot about the fruit of the Spirit over the years. But you know, the fruit of the Spirit is the thing that translates your potential into spiritual productivity. You've often heard teaching about the fruit of the Spirit, that it's just a nice thing, that it makes you like Jesus. But actually, the fruit of the Spirit is a bridge from your potential And it takes a bridge to turn it into productivity. And that bridge is the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. When you bear the fruit of the Spirit, it brings out all that Jesus intended to come out of your life in salvation. The spiritual potential of you is enormous. You have enormous spiritual potential that can only come if you grow and build into your life the fruit of the Spirit. When we have the fruit of the Spirit, we are fashioned into the best version of ourselves. So the fruit of the Spirit isn't this nice decoration that we're supposed to have. It actually becomes that your potential, that everything Jesus has for you, turns through the fruit of the Spirit into your productivity. I wonder if you've ever heard that before. Because it begins to teach us that the fruit of the Spirit is not just an ornament, but actually a necessity in our lives. For some of us, we've got to stop thinking about potential. You've got to stop saying, oh, I've got potential. Some of us need to stop that and move towards the progress that God wants for us. This is especially true for those of us who are a little bit older in the Lord. Stop thinking about potential. Start thinking about your fruit and your fruitfulness. God actually does not want your potential. He wants fruitfulness. If you get to the end of your life and the Lord said, well, I invested a seed and you never watered it, you never grew it, then that would be something. You know, 
You can't identify a tree by its branches. You can only identify a tree by its fruit. On the end of a branch, there may be a bud, there may be a seed, there may be potential for fruit, but God's not really interested in the branches. He's interested in the fruit. Now, he's interested in us, the branches, and our health so that we can produce fruit because he loves us but it's how we allow the fruit of the Spirit to be produced in our life that turns our potential into productivity. So the fruit of the Spirit is really important. Now, before you get discouraged and say, oh, Pastor Mark, you're putting the pressure on us here. Man, I just, you know, I'm, I'm happy just to, you know, be unfinished and Jesus is working with me. I don't want you to be discouraged. You have to realize that we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit to produce this fruit. And that this fruit that causes productivity can only come through the Holy Spirit. The fruit that, that I'm talking about can't come on your own. In fact, the Christian life is impossible without walking in step with the Holy Spirit. It's impossible for you to be able to uh, produce what God wants you to produce if you do it without the Lord. And I just want to arrest some of you today. How are you living? Are you living the Christian life and you know what you're doing, but when was the last time you kind of heard the Holy Spirit tell you to do something? And you have felt a prompting or a leading or a staying in step with him? Uh, or has it been that you are living your Christian life or I'm living my Christian life just by a routine, just by good habits that I've got? The Christian life is actually impossible unless we stay in step and walk alongside the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a school. We had this sports day where you had these weird sports. You know, how many of you had the sports day where you did the egg and spoon race? Did you do that? You know, I thought that was just in England, you know. And, and how many of you actually cheated by putting your thumb on top of the spoon so the egg didn't fall off? Ah, not many people putting their hands up now. Did you do the sack race thing? You know, where, where you had like a sack Hessian sack. You do that in the Philippines? What, really? Man, I can't believe it. I thought we were just English with the strange people. Not that Filipinos are strange. You know, you put a sack and you put your feet in both corners and you run in the corners. Or there were some people who jumped really. You know, there's some people looking at me now and say, I don't go to that kind of school. Well, how many of you did the three-legged race? Do you remember the three-legged race? Peter, come on and show, let me, you know, if you, the, the real art about the, the three-legged race is you have to get the, where are you going, Peter? Okay. <laughs> I turn it to the phone. You have to get the inside leg and the inside legs, you see, you tie them together and the real art about it is that you have to get the two inside legs working together, otherwise it doesn't work. <laughs> Peter, you're breaking it. Come on, let's go. <laughs> See, some things break when you don't get those two things working together. Let's have another go. Let's have another go, Peter. You see, you've got to stay in step 
with the Spirit. And when, when the Spirit steps out, you've got to step out. Let's see if we can do it. Oh, you trod on my lace. That's all right. There we go. Thanks, Peter. You know, unless you stay in step with the Holy Spirit, you can't progress. So everything I'm going to teach you today is on the foundation that you have to stay in step with what the Holy Spirit's telling you. Now, because it's going to drive Kathy mad, I'm going to fasten my lace. You know that famous verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which we all know? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Who do you offer your body to? If you think about it, the Father's on the throne and Jesus has got a body. We, we give our bodies over to the Holy Spirit. To say, Holy Spirit, let me, let me follow you. Let me hear what you're saying. Something perhaps through the Bible. Something perhaps somebody said. Something perhaps in a, in a word. But Holy Spirit, what are you telling me? Every single one of us will face a battle with ourself and with the flesh to, uh, so that you know, the flesh doesn't want you to follow the Holy Spirit. The flesh or the self person wants you to put yourself first. Selfishness destroys your productivity. It alienates your relationships and, and takes your personhood in the wrong way. Let me remind you what Galatians 5 verse 17 says. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you will not do so that you don't do whatever you want paul named 15 things of the flesh that were if you allow them to grow in your life it will disqualify you from the kingdom it's really important that you understand that the fruit of the spirit comes by the Spirit, and that you have to begin to slow down and tune in to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And when I say the fruit of the Spirit is so important for your productivity, don't receive it as pressure, but begin to say, Holy Spirit, do that with me. Let's, let's kind of look at how this, Holy, this fruit comes and how it turns into productivity. Let's remember the fruit is from the Spirit, it's of the Spirit, it comes through the Spirit. It's not by your striving. Let's remember that it's fruit, not fruits. That these qualities are all interlinked. You can't say to yourself, well, I want the love, the joy, and the peace, but I'm not sure about kindness. It's all linked together. You get it as one package because it's the personality of Jesus. In fact, some of the works of the flesh, you could perhaps do one of those. Have you ever noticed that people who are doing the wrong thing tell you everything they're not doing to justify what they are doing? Have you ever noticed that? Oh, I haven't been gossiping, but I have been hating. Well, the fruit isn't like that. You can't separate it. 
If you're going to be a loving person, you're going to be a peaceful person, you've got to put everything together. Just look at the screen, if you will, because I want to just quickly run through the, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, this is a Bible study, so I'm, not, I'm, going, to, I'm going to do it really quickly. But the, if you, this is how we develop the fruit in our lives. Let's understand what it is. The first thing is, there is a foundational fruit, which I call the fruit of posture, or how you posture or position your life, how you come at life. These are foundations. That's love, joy, and peace. The, this is how our will and our mind is, as how we approach life. We come in a loving way. L- love is uh, doing the highest and the best for everyone according to God's will. Some people say they love you, but it's not according to God's will, and so it's not real love. And we have to remember that with some of the things we've been hearing this week. If you love me, you'd let me do this. No, I love you according to God's will. Joy means that we have an attitude of thankfulness of everything that Jesus has done, always grateful for what God has done. And that ministers to my mind of how I approach life. I know that God has a bigger plan and he's going to work things out so I can be joyful in all things. Peace. I come at life with peace knowing that Jesus gives us peace, not as the world gives it, but it's a wholeness. It's a shalom in our life. It means that there's a tranquility that recognizes that God is in control. You see, if you come at life and knowing that God is in control, eventually peace will grow in your heart. So I just want to ask you today, what is your posture towards life? Do you come at life with a sense of, how can I love? How can I manage my mood? How can I maintain my peace? See, this fruit requires a mindset and feeding on the right things. You've got to feed the right things in order to grow that fruit that's a posture. The second type of fruit that we have is the fruit that, that we come at people or approach people with, and that's patience, kindness, and goodness. There, this is a, a kind of functioning fruit of how we approach people. Patience means that we actually say that when suffering or difficult people come into our lives, that we can say, I think God has the outcome in mind, and I'm going to wait for that. And if you don't know what God's outcome is, wait. If you're pushing on a door and you don't know whether it's God's door, stop pushing and wait. That's what patience is. Kindness is, is that we always act in a measured and mild way and with, a, with a sense of moral excellence. That In our kindness, we always want to do the right thing towards people. That actually we're saying we're improving and doing the right thing to people. Goodness is that we actually do good. You know, for years, uh, people have criticized us in church or made fun of us and said, you're just do-gooders. Well, can I say to you, be a do-gooder. I'm okay being a do-gooder. In fact, I wish there were more people in the world doing good, don't you? Be a do-gooder. In fact, that's something you can turn to your neighbor and say, be a do-gooder. Okay? 
Because goodness is doing good and improving the quality of life of people around you. At work, do you do it good? At college, do you do it good? See, faithfulness, patience, kindness, and goodness is the fruit of which we approach people. The fruit where we approach ourselves and make our personal progress is faithfulness, uh, gentleness, and self-control. That actually we grow ourselves by being faithful and acting on faith and on the basis of faith all the time. And over time, people who are faithful say to themselves, I'm going to be faithful to this because God's plan will eventually work out. How many people have you seen, they are giver-upperers? You know, they're just giver-uppering all the time. We need to become faithful. We need to grow into our lives actions based on faith that you think over time God's plan will win out. People who are gentle, they are are actually people who are non-striving people. They actually serve instead of always taking the place of everyone else. In fact, you give space to what everybody else, what you think they need. It's not that you're passive. It's not that you're a doormat. It's just knowing that anything that God wants you to have, you will have it. You don't have to strive for it. That's what a gentle person is. Anything that you think God wants you to have, you can have it. You don't have to strive for it. And I just feel like I just need to say that over somebody right now. That actually you need to step back and stop striving and allow God to bring you what he wants you to have. You see, love, joy, and peace are the posture towards life. That we love people, that we manage our mood, and that we don't let things Uh, go uh, make us troubled so that we think God is in control. That patience, kindness, and goodness is how we approach other people by, by doing them good, by always treating them with moral excellence and waiting and to see what God's plan will be. But for us as people, we need to build into our lives faithfulness by understanding that we have to act in faith consistently. That's what faithfulness is. And that gentleness says, I'm not going to strive. But then God has this other element of fruit that he wants to build into your life called self-control. That actually what, what God does is to deal with your immediate passions that could spoil you. You know, you see the chocolate cake, you want the chocolate cake, you've had the chocolate cake before, you've enjoyed the chocolate cake, you've had too much chocolate cake before, but you love the chocolate cake, why shouldn't I have the chocolate cake again? self-control that says, you know what? Over the lips, on the hips. With me, it's not chocolate cake, it's chicken. I love chicken. But you see, what God wants to build into your life is this self-control 
so that things don't become your master. And in a sense, I'm kind of being humorous, but I want to bring you in. I want to draw you to my inner thinking right now because actually you have to evaluate whether something is the master over you because there should be only one master over you and that is Jesus. In fact, Romans chapter 6 puts it like this in verse 14. For sin shall no longer be your master because you're not under the law, but now you're under grace. You have a grace covering over you where nothing should be mastering you, only the Lord. Verse 22 says, but now that you have been set free from sin, you have become slaves to God. And the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Oh, if you don't build self-control into your life, the result could be that you miss out on eternal life. What's mastering you? You see, the Holy Spirit brings these things. Staying in step with the Holy Spirit brings these things. But can you just put that diagram back up there? I just want you to see something here. Look at the type of person that God wants you to be. He wants you to be a loving, joyful, peaceful person. He wants you to be patient and kind and good. A faithfulness, gentleness, and a self-control person. Man, I want my daughters to marry people like that. I don't want my daughters to marry selfish, debauchery, lying, hatred, divisive, jealous people. I don't want my daughters to be with people like that. And God bless the fact that I've got good sons-in-laws. But can you see that God's plan for you is huge? It's a beautiful person that's loving and joyful and peaceful. It's a wonderful person that is faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. It's a, it's a beautiful person that's patient, kind, and good. You see, we're, we're criticized in the church that, oh, we're just churchgoers and all the rest of it. But actually, God has a big picture for what he wants us to be like. God's got a beautiful plan for you. So why wouldn't you begin to say, the Holy Spirit, birth that in me, grow that in me, that's who I want to be. Which label, which celebrity, which designer label are you saying, I want to be like that? We went to Harrods the other day. Somebody, somebody bought us a voucher. That was really kind of them, wasn't it? And we saw this Louis Vuitton kind of designer thing, and it's like colored dots all over the place. They must have spent a fortune to sell this brand all over the building, all up the stairs. I said to Kathy, ooh, I don't want to be the person that has to take all these off. You know, it was incredible. But people are working hard to sell you an image. Look at this. How about being like that instead? Somebody give the Lord praise. Come on. I, Kathy, I think we should design a fruit of the spirit bag. Do you know what I'm saying? Because God's got a beautiful picture of how he wants you to be. Why would you go for something less? Why would you try and build something that says, well, I need to be a little bit selfish or bitter? Come on, church, open up. 
Now, you've heard lots of sermons, and the, a key teaching about this message is the fruit of the Spirit is not just nice, it actually translates your life into productivity. So you really need to go for it. A key teaching in this message is that you can only do this by staying in step with the Spirit. But let me just close by four quick ideas of how we can produce this fruit. And you might want to write them down. Let me remind you what the Bible says. Though, uh, from verse 24 in Galatians, it says, Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified. Everybody say crucified. Yeah. Crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit. Everybody live by the Spirit. Say that with me. Live by the Spirit. Uh, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And then this says, let us not become conceited. Say that with me. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone's caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should, say this with me, restore them gently. Restore them gently. But watch yourselves, or otherwise you may be tempted and carry each other's burdens. Four things to produce the Holy Spirit fruit in your life. Number one, crucify. In other words, take decisive action and stop those creeping habits that are taking you the wrong way. Now, I know that lots of preaching is about what you can become, but can I just, just be authentically biblical by saying, I think it's time that some of us looked at what's creeping in our lives and just said, stop. That we, we kind of said, you know what, Lord, I, I'm stopping. And you know what, it, it wasn't behead the flesh as if it happens in one. At crucify, it's a slow death sometimes. And it, and it might be slow, but you've got to keep going. There might be times when you say, you know, I'm stopping that, and then you, you kind of don't stop it, but then you don't do it as much, and then it kind of stops, however it happens. But number one, if you're going to produce the fruit of the Spirit, you have to draw a line and say, stop. And every one of us know that we've got a habit that's not helping us. Whether it's checking our phone too much or what, it's not helping us stop, crucify. Not everything is being charged with the Spirit and enjoying it. Some of it is, give me strength to stop. The second way that we produce the Holy Spirit fruit in our lives that makes us productive is that we connect with the Holy Spirit, we walk or live in this continual connection with the Holy Spirit all the time. That we keep referencing Him, not in a fearful way, in a, in a way, oh, I hope I'm not doing anything wrong way, but we, we keep saying, Jesus, Holy Spirit, is this right for me? Holy Spirit, should I do this right now? Holy Spirit, be with me now. That we actually have the humility to keep referencing Him, that we present our bodies to Him, that we walk in step with him, that we make it a habit to get the inside leg and his leg walking in sync and saying, is this right, Holy Spirit? Is this what you want? 
Now, as I say, not in a way that makes you paranoid that you're fearful, but in a way where you say, I'm just referencing with you. Holy Spirit, you have this body. I want you to use it. Connect. Many of us, we pray in the morning and we don't think about Jesus till tea time. I wonder if it's time that we just reference him a little bit more. The third thing that the Bible teaches is that we are to consider or reflect upon how we come across. Did you notice it says, let us not become conceited? That, that we're, are we coming across whereby we're troubling people? John Stott, who preached over in uh, London there, he, John Stott said it this way, this verse reveals that what we think about ourselves will be how we treat others. He said, if we think we're high and mighty, we're going to treat others like low and unworthy. If we think we are great, we're going to treat others as if they are small. The Bible says that we need to consider and reflect upon ourselves of how we're coming across, not being conceited, and beginning to give space for other people. Last thing, if we want to produce the fruit of the Spirit, we have to have compassion, or treat others with compassion of Christ, especially when they let God down and they let you down. That actually begin to say, you know what, I need to give you some TLC, some tender loving care. I wonder if there's somebody this week at your workplace that needs your compassion. I'm going to ask Peter and the worship team to come back. But I just wonder if you can crucify and stop something. I wonder if you could connect with the Holy Spirit by referencing Him and, and not thinking just of yourself, but say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you think? I, I wonder if you could just think about, I wonder if I'm troubling people by the way I'm coming across. We, we upset people all the time. I know that's kind of part of life. But I wonder if we've got a habit that's just putting other people down. You see, when you reflect on that, the Holy Spirit then shows you and he births fruit in your life. It might be the fruit of gentleness. And I wonder if there's somebody at work or in your family or around at college that just needs you to put your, your arm around them and encourage them and to have compassion with them because as you do that, the Holy Spirit releases fruit into your life. As you say to that habit that's spoiling you, crucify, the Holy Spirit drops fruit into your life. As you begin to connect with the Holy Spirit and, and say, well, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? The Holy Spirit drops fruit into your life and begins to grow it. As you begin to say, I, I wonder how I'm coming across and be a little bit self-reflective, the Holy Spirit begins to drop revelation and Holy Spiritness into your life. I wonder if when you say to somebody at your workplace, I've been thinking about you, and I wonder if I could encourage you, the Holy Spirit drops fruit into your life. You see, you've heard lots of sermons about the fruit of the Spirit, but I just wonder if anybody's ever told you how to grow 
the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Because when you grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life, your life becomes not potential, but productive. Come on, Peter. I wonder if you could take the Holy Spirit close to you right now. Yeah. And that you could kind of get close to him. I mean, he's in you, but I wonder if you could get close to him. Whereby you say, if you sink, I'm sinking. Some of you need to lash yourself to the mast of Jesus and say, whatever storm you're going through, Jesus, I'm going through it with you because I ain't going anywhere. And I wonder if you could tie yourself really closely to the Holy Spirit. And that you could begin to say to yourself, you know what? I'm going nowhere that you don't go. I wonder if you were tied to the Holy Spirit that you would go to that club. Should I stop meddling? I wonder if you were tied to the Holy Spirit whether you'd say that at work. I wonder if we can just learn just to stay in step with the Holy Spirit and begin to walk with Him. And begin to say, you know what, Holy Spirit, as you step out, I'm going to step out. As you step out, I'm going to step out. As you step out, Holy Spirit, I'm stepping out. Because when you step out, I want to be there where you are. Would you stand with us? Because we want to be able to walk in the Spirit and stay in step with the Spirit. Come on, let's welcome the Holy Spirit right now in our lives. That's a great. You see, I...